Welcome to Combo's Court. Welcome to Combo's Court. Welcome to Combo's Court Podcast. <laughs> what is that, man? Combination. What up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 195. You heard that right? Episode 195 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Also, man, tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. We here at Combo's Court would greatly appreciate it. Today's show, Zach Ramey, host of the Off the Glass podcast, joins in. Always great talking basketball with Zach. You can learn more about Zach and his podcast at www. The Off the Glass Podcast.com. You know, you can find me on Instagram at 12combo. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Zach, host of Off the Glass Podcast. Welcome back to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling today? I'm feeling great, Combo. Thanks for having me back. You know, one of my favorite podcast brothers. So definitely excited to be on once again. Always, man. Always. Um, what you tell your listeners every show, fan of no team, but a lover of basketball. Fan of no team, but a lover of basketball. Even though tonight I'm rocking my Miami Heat. One of the dopest logos in the league, and I like red, so we're we gonna we're gonna roll with the heat tonight. Okay, yeah, but you, you just like uh, you know the design. It doesn't mean you're yeah, a yeah. Fan. No, no, I have a heat. I actually have Bucks. I have a okay. A, I got a Ravens. Got a Pelicans. I like blue too. So I got Mavericks. Got Grizzlies. Got to have my home team socks. So I got I got a couple hats in the stash that I've been wearing that I've been busting out lately. You know, it's funny. Often when I'm you know, recording my podcast, I think about your slogan. Would you call it a slogan? Is that fair? A slogan? Slogan, model, yeah. you know. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think about it a lot because, and then I was thinking recently, I'm a fan of no team as well, but I'm a fan of ideas and trends. And what I do like is micro ball. Like, I'm a big fan of micro ball. Not necessarily the Houston Rockets, just the idea of what they went with. What have you been seeing with it? And do you think those guys have a legitimate chance to win it all? I think they have a legitimate shot. I've said because of the, of the pandemic and the break, it allowed them not to get worn down playing those small lineups, the traveling, the minutes, you know, all those kind of things. The issue is dealing with, as we've seen the other night, Russell Westbrook. He's the key to, to all of this because of, of how he plays. And, the Lakers were able to get a lead, like I said earlier on my, on my podcast, and once they got a lead, they smartly went to the zone because most teams are not going to be able to match up with the Rockets man-to-man. They just kill you because of the micro ball. I think the issue becomes two things with Westbrook and even their team. I think they shoot too many threes, and I'm not saying it from the old-school vantage point. I'm saying is if you're missing a couple, I always say this. James Harden is one of the best at getting to the basket. Westbrook lives in the paint. And believe it or not, Eric Gordon, House, Covington, they, they do a pretty solid job being able to get to the paint. So I would love them when they hit those spells to kind of, you know, get some easy baskets and then go back to shooting the three. But 
you know, they're going to have to figure out this zone because if they do get, let's say, get past the Lakers, teams are going to try to throw this zone at them because they're so hard to match up man-to-man because of mainly Harden's offensive one-on-one ability, but then their ability to stretch the court. Like, I looked it up. Covington is shooting like 54% from three right now. You have House, the lowest outside besides Westbrook, who I think is like 11 or 16, some crazy. But House is 30, Gordon is 45, and then Tucker is like 42 or 36, like somewhere in there. So if they're going to shoot it like that, like it, it's going to work. It's just a matter of them trying to find the balance and then Westbrook not turning it over or getting bad shots. You know, you got to get good shots in the, in, the, in the playoffs because it turns into what the Lakers were able to do when Morris hit those threes that kind of broke open the game. Bad shots and turnovers lead to easy baskets in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm with you. And, I'll, and I said it when they made that trade. I mean, it doesn't give them a super great chance to win a championship, but it definitely gave them a better chance, I think. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, I think at that point, they kind of had to go all in. It's a yeah. shame because as much as I love Chris Paul, I think Westbrook two years ago against the Warriors, two years ago Westbrook would have been perfect for this. Yeah, and you mentioned the old school view and – it's interesting because Charles Barkley just mentioned analytics tonight, and we've talked about this on phone calls. <laughs> Actually, a lot of our phone calls should be podcasts. No, seriously. I think, yeah, we might have to do a tad bit of editing, but I think it makes for really, really <laughs> good content because we just kind of just – we kind of be all over the place. I got my kids yelling in the background. You know, right. you, you already know how it is. Right, and I mentioned this to you. There's like a misconception about analytics. It is. It is. Because, like, if you have an analytic perspective, that doesn't mean just shoot threes. You want a steady diet of layups, free throws, and threes. And then if they take all those away from you, you need somebody to get in the mid-range and make shots off the dribble. We don't want to shoot spot-up long twos. Right. But I I, I think there's just a misconception when it comes to analytics, like – somebody with an analytic perspective will tell you just shoot threes and that's it. Like, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> no, I think again, it's become an era. Everything in society is pick a side. You know, nobody has perspective anymore. Nobody can be too far left or too far. You know, nobody's in the middle is, you know, you got to pick a side with everything. When I will argue no one person on this planet, unless there's literally something mentally wrong with you, it's just one way with everything. You know, it just doesn't make sense. And I said this earlier on my podcast, as I've gotten older, and I've really, because of the podcast, I watch basketball so much now with a kind of a different eye, almost like a coach's eye, like scouting and watching tape. And the older I get, the more I appreciate this era combo, because I just really feel like the, the floor is filled with basketball players. Like, I think what we're seeing now is how the game is supposed to be played. I don't know who decided to put in positions, but when the game was invented, there were no positions. You dribbled the ball, you scored, you played defense, you followed some rules, and that was it. Now, you know, as the game went on, we had a center and a forward, and, you know, a guard couldn't score if he was a point guard, you know, all these rules. And I just said, and I use Jokic as the example, I just think he's the the culmination of all of this, just a basketball player. The way he controlled that fourth quarter the other night, with the hockey assist, with he had three assists in the quarter that were key, he made a basket. Just being that size, being able to pass the ball, make great decisions. I love this era. I think we need to stop talking about the analytics or the lack of skill. I think what we need to talk about is better application of how to use their skill and play the game and have balance. 
I think that's what the conversation should be. It shouldn't be, oh, get your big butt down on the like I've seen people talking about well, JaVale McGee needs to exploit that matchup. When has JaVale McGee been an offensive threat? I mean, shout out to him for remaking his career and staying in the league, but he's never been that. So I again I never quite understood it, but I got a couple other theories of, of what's really uh, going on. But to your right, point, right. I just think we're all kind of just trying to just pick a side instead of just using the data for what it's worth and then still using the eye test. You can use both and be just fine. Yeah, there's so much to digest and unpack there. And uh, you mentioned JaVel McGee. JaVel McGee, they want him to, you know, <laughs> exploit the mismatch. But you know what that reminds me of? You ever, like, see – back in the day when you would see like a seven footer slip to a mid-major and they couldn't even really get on the floor. Yeah. When they would try and post up, they would look crazy and they just probably would have a better career with other seven footers on the floor. It's not so easy just to post up a sturdy six, five dude that, no. that their whole intention is to, to play great post defense. Like I think it's almost easier when you have somebody that will actually go for a pump fake. And, you know, I think that's like, what I see when I think of like, yeah. And also another way you don't, what you don't want to do against Houston is force feed the post. Like, I don't believe that. Yeah, It's just, it's not going to work in like a quick story. So I finished up my college career playing division three and there's a division three powerhouse in St. Louis, Missouri called Washu Washington university is one of the top academic schools in the country, but they're a basketball powerhouse. And they had a seven foot on their team that was at Iowa and they were ranked that year. We were ranked bottom line. He was like Dirk Nowinski, wanted to shoot face-up jump shots, could knock it down, wanted to shoot threes. And this was my senior year since this is like 04, 05. So one of the reasons when I talked to him after the game that he left Iowa was not being able to put on the weight. You know, we was trying to be big and strong then, and they wanted him to bang on the block. So he ended up leaving. Washu was a better academic school anyway, and went and competed for, for a national championship. So to your point, yeah, it's not that easy to – to try to post up Harden or Tucker that are literally built like I'm here in Chicago, like uh, the salt trucks that you see in the, in the winter with the big plows on the front. Like you're not going to just back them down like that, even as a big guard and you're, you know, a big guy like that, you know, guard, it's not that easy to just go post up smaller, stronger guys that actually can also know how to play a little bit of defense. It's not that easy. Yeah. And then while, even if you do get a couple baskets out of it, everybody else is out of rhythm there's yeah, no they're standing there watching you. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. so you have to be a dominant post force to really, like, force feed the post. Um, you know, often, and I'm sure our guy Rashad Phillips deals with this, often I feel like, um, you know, I'm on an island by myself, and I'm just <laughs> saying something, and everybody goes, you're crazy, Combo. You know, mm-hmm. you're crazy. I've been telling people about this Giannis thing for a long time. I knew where you was going with that. I knew and where he's an amazing with. player. But mm-hmm. I was I have episodes from over a year ago, I think. I think I talked to Rick Bucher about it. I think I've talked to you about it before. I've definitely talked with Max about it because I posted that on IG. And I think it's just something that everybody should have realized when you have a guy who doesn't have the greatest vision in the world, could only score on one level downhill. I mean, he's gonna need a primary scorer to help him to win a championship. Um, what are your thoughts on everything that went down? I saw you know, you tweeted, you tweeted RJ for me. So, you know, appreciate that. Cause, but yeah, man, it's like now everybody's on the Island. So I got to figure out a new Island to get to and talk about something new because everybody's here with me now. No, you, you always do that. Those of us, you know, I, yeah. I consider you like that. We're innovators. We're always trying to create great content, trying to push the, 
the game forward in the right lights. Right. The Giannis piece, I've said this, and I'm so serious. You know, I've been a, a Giannis uh, proponent, if you want to say, a fan. I had to really think about it. I don't think we've seen anything like this since Moses Malone, where a guy who you could probably name several other guys in the league that are probably more, more skilled than them, uh, looks better scoring if you want to have the aesthetics of it, but just flat out gets it done and just puts up insane numbers. I mean, Moses gets lost in translation, and he finished with three league MVPs and a, a championship and a finals MVP. And I think Giannis is a fascinating case because – his best talent is so suited for this era. I've said this on my pod, and that's his aggression and being able to play hard because today's society, that's just not what we are really anymore. They're trying to push it back with some of the other things that's going on. But for the most part, that's not how society is nowadays. So I think he benefits from playing in this era like that. And it's, it's fascinating that's because true. Combo, I'm not saying he LeBron should have been or not, but people are acting like he should not have been an MVP, which on the other end, which I think is insane. Like, no, he he easily should have been an MVP candidate. And what we're saying, big picture, and I've said this, there's levels. And when you get to those playoffs and those later rounds, the defenses get tougher. The guys are just as skilled, just as athletic as you. Now we can scheme and really focus in. That's when the next level guys like a Kawhi Leonard or LeBron James are able to get their shot off and get good open looks, and then it's up to them to make it, and that's what Giannis doesn't have. So it's really fascinating to see that a guy who, to me, deserves every award that he gets, I'm not going to fall into that camp, is even recognized like that when you can probably, if I said James Harden, Dame Lillard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, I mean, just off the top of my head of guys, you would probably, even Jokic, you would probably say it's better then Giannis is really fascinating to watch. I guess that's accredited to him and his work ethic and the type of player he is. Yeah, and he's a great player. It's nothing against him. You know? No, like, it's yeah. not. It's just a yeah. fact. He's, and I've said this, and I want to ask you, since you were on this island, and we talked about this, I don't know what he really can approve. I, I, I put a video up on my YouTube channel of him, and I use Melo in the middle. I think with their offense and how they decide to go forward, I really think that elbow to at the nail, the free throw line jab step, he's already kind of doing it, will really open up his game a little bit more if he can knock down a couple of those. Because I showed in the video, you have to honor his drive. And every time he shot fake, even not being able to shoot, Crowder was going for it. So just imagine if he could add that. What do you think? Maybe work on some touch shots, some floaters, some hook shots, some shots that mm-hmm. you don't have to get all the way to the rim to score. I think that would help and open up his game and even get him to the rim, you know, they would have to honor even, like, in between foul line and the basket. They would have to honor that, and it would make his life a lot easier. How do you feel about that? I, I forgot about that. I mean, that's simple stuff. The, yeah, the that's – I mean, I don't really – yeah. I, I don't see too many floaters or hooks or touch shots from him, like like all the Antoine Jameson stuff. Like, I true, think – True, true, yeah. I, I think he could work – I think that's something he could work on. I think that's – he could get to an elite level faster at that than, like, become a three-point sniper. You know? No, I agree. I think that's more realistic. And I, that's yeah. all I was saying. I just think he needs, like, I don't think he needs to have the Devin Booker, <laughs> Jamal Murray, Jason Tatum, right. you know, type of already, bag. But and he already, he, got, he Euro, he already got Euros and stuff, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah he yeah. just needs a couple things in the bag. But, again, credit to you. You were spot on. You even asked me on one pod we did earlier, uh, was Luka better than Giannis? And I hesitated at saying it. But when we went through it, I was like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. yeah. Um, 
you know, you mentioned Father Time's undefeated. You talk about it with LeBron, and and I I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Like, if you want to see if a player decline athletically, it's hard to tell unless you look at the old tapes, right? It's over not time. For me. Not, not for, for you, me. But, not for you, but it's all, but you really see it when you put the two tapes together. Oh yeah. Like, I said that today on my pod. I saw right. posted a video from 2009 and it literally looks like two different people. It's insane. And a hundred percent. I would argue while, while father time is undefeated, he has just as much impact in a different way. Well, yeah, of course. Of yeah. course. I think, yeah. I think again, I, I keep saying this on my podcast and I scream it every day. I think perspective is just lacking. And I think people, I've really noticed this as I get older. They don't listen. Nobody's saying, because I argue with my guy, P-Mac, uh, Paul McPherson, all the time. He's like, he likes taking these little jabs. I thought he was washed. Like, look at his numbers. I never said he was washed. First of all, I don't even like using those kind of terms because I have too much respect for NBA guys. I'm just saying, to me, the ultimate success for this Lakers team is play through Anthony Davis early. Not even like you need to get Anthony Davis going like he's some kind of malcontent. No, he's putting up numbers, but it just sets a different tone for the game and then how the teams that they're playing against guard him and guard the Lakers. Every time they do that in this playoffs, the Lakers win. And then I said, let LeBron plug in the spots, still be that, uh, that facilitator, still be that basketball savant, and still at times be the king. Be what we see when he was able to catch the ball – one hard sweep, get to the basket, double clutch, and dunk it. We can see, still see that. I'm just saying we don't need to see a consistent Cleveland last stint, you know, LeBron-type performance. Lean on the young man that you have. Lean on Anthony Davis. Pick your spots. And I think it's a great formula. That's all I'm saying. And that's the formula. That's all I'm saying. But when he wants to come out and still be LeBron James of, I would say, even 2016, it's like, no, y'all not going to beat some of these other teams as you progress. That's all I'm saying. Because you could see it the one night, and it went on social media, and they was making fun of that. He tried to back P.J. Tucker down. It just wasn't happening, and he threw up this crazy shot. Like, he can't. I, I, yeah, but that, that, that I think would happen in 2016. Like, trying to back down P.J. Tucker is not but an easy My beat. point is, though, Combo, you know this, and I'm, I'm older because I know this. When you get yeah, the yeah. ball – He's not trying to blow past people. When he see he can't, he immediately turns and tries to back people. Right, around. right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a sign yeah. of age. I, I do that now. So all I'm saying is that LeBron isn't great. Actually, it's the opposite. He's amazing. He's in year 17. He's 35. He's still doing this. I'm just saying if they want to win a championship, lean on the lean on the young fella from the south side of Chicago. That's all I'm saying. Just lean on him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, well, he makes life easy because that guy's. He's a great yeah, guy. I mean, yeah. so again, I think people hear what they want <laughs> want to hear when I say that. Nobody's saying LeBron is washed or this. I'm just it, saying it should be a different approach, and I just it's think it's smart. It's interesting you mentioned uh, backing people down, and uh, it's an interesting segue I'm about to go with here. But I texted a friend <laughs> that um, that you know, I think Tyler Hero is going to be an All Star one day because his weaknesses don't matter as much in today's NBA. Like, if he was playing in the 90s, dudes would just back him down. But that's not the mm -hmm. game anymore. Like, mm -mm. It's, there's so much value in shooting. He shoots the ball great, and he just has a killer instinct. Where do you land on Tyler Hero as an all-star level player? Uh, I'm, I'm there with you. I mean, we yeah. and you talk. That's no secret. But to your listeners, I was high on Hero coming in. Him and Brandon Clark were two guys – 
that I said they could end up having better careers than some of the guys that went ahead of them at the higher picks. Uh, loved him at Kentucky. And loved, as they say, the old school guys, his moxie, like that it factor, that swagger. And I just love what I saw, the confidence, that it factor, that bounce. And he didn't shoot the ball well the last two games. If you look at the stat sheet, you're like, man, he didn't play well. But his shots he made were big baskets as a rookie. And I think big picture, Miami is setting themselves up to make a great move. Because I think people are going to come calling, if depending on who they want to try to add to this roster, whether they're going to offer up Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero possibly to even help hold on to Bam. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I'm that high on Tyler Hero. Like, I think, I think his ceiling, depending on how he's used going forward. I heard he's a super hard worker, too. Like, he's always in the gym. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is. He is. And yeah. even when I got to interview him in, in Orlando, he, he alluded to that and how that's always been his mentality since he's been training since a young player. But it wouldn't surprise me because if we're talking strictly on his talent, depending on what – if he stays with Miami or if he moves and what his role is, I think his ceiling can be an all-NBA team, like a third team one year. I wouldn't be surprised because I think he's that talented offensively. And he's a bunch better athlete than people think. And he's taller than people think. Um, I'm about 6'3 in shoes, and he's every bit about 6'5 on the high side, like – you know, that's the thing about yeah. Miami. When I was in that locker room, they got a lot of those tall, lanky guys, and he's one of them. He's not, he's not short at all by any stretch. So I, I agree with you. I, I think all-stars are in the future and possibly all-NBA and all-NBA team. Multiple, we'll see, because you know how that goes from year to year. But I think his ceiling is all-NBA. Yeah. What effect do you think the bubble had on basketball in general? I think for some guys, it helped them get their confidence because you're shooting in the same – same gym for the most part. You're not traveling. Right. I think it – we'll see big picture because certain parts of our country wants to hold on to certain core values. But I, I really think basketball kind of overtook some of these sports in a lot of ways. I just really do. You know, the numbers already says that certain de demographics, certain age groups, like I think it's like 15 to 35 already are watching it more than ever. Um, it's crazy because that's crazy because a, a lot of people in that age group are always on their phone. So that's interesting. And it's interesting now because I have more of a Twitter presence as than I used to how they're able to watch the game and still tweet. Like, I'm like, y'all can't be watching the game, but to your well, point, that's, that, just, that's, that's almost every age demographic on Twitter. Yeah. But I could <laughs> tell that the, I don't know. I, I maybe I'm just maybe my followers. I can tell who's younger and who's older. I could just tell. I don't know why I could just tell, but I just think it helped bring it to the forefront even more. And I think that's why there's even been a narrative of those trying to criticize them pushing the social political side of it to try to discredit what's going on. I mean, people are consuming basketball. I'd love to know exactly how much and how, but people are consuming basketball in this country. And I think putting it front and center and the fact that the NBA was able to pull this off with no internal, like major hiccups, I think it's been even, even more uh, beneficial for the game and for the league. And the only thing I will offer as a caveat that's looming on the horizon is if the Lakers make it to the finals, like it won't be on in China. So that might affect your global impact as well because of, you know, only, that ongoing situation. Only but, if um, the Lakers? 
I think that's what they said, right? Oh, the Rockets. I'm sorry. And the oh, Rockets, okay. too, because of Daryl Morey was the one that originally said the, you know, what he stated. But I think big picture to, to, to your point, Combo, the bubble, is, the game has been, been great. And you don't even have KD. You don't even have Steph. You don't have Kyrie. You don't have some of your more recognizable stars even playing. And it's still been incredible. I mean, that, that says something. KD in the bubble, I think he would average 40. Oh, my 40. God. Yeah, easy. 40. Yeah. Yeah, because that's uh, it, it, it's closer than ever to a pickup game. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and I've said that. Yeah. I, I mean, I said that that was going to happen pre-bubble. No, you was uh, you was, and I I knew where you were going with that because, and I've said this, I didn't have the type of career where I played in all these big time arenas. Like I played in arenas, but even the guys that have, they'll tell you like there's a different shooting in a arena. Of course. Versus a gym like where they're in at Disney where it's a decent-sized complex, but the way they got it blacked out is literally like shooting in your local YMCA or your field house yeah, at, your, it, at your park. It's just, it, it, it's just a lot easier to get locked in. It is. And yeah. you're not traveling. <laughs> like You don't yeah. have to learn a new arena where the cheerleaders are here and the cameraman is there and maybe they serve food right here and that scoreboard is bigger or that, you know, you don't have to deal with all that different type of stuff that goes from arena to arena. So I, it, to me, it's been great. I think it's went better than they probably even expected. I know they probably had their fingers crossed the whole time, just being honest. Yeah. It was interesting before this bubble, I was kind of thinking about like how we'll look back at these games before I knew how the virtual fans would look. I'd be mm -hmm. like, wow, there's random highlights of LeBron in an empty gym. <laughs> you know, like it, it would just like it would just kind of look crazy. But now looking back, I'm like the viewing experience is not better. It's way better. Like when I'm looking at old playoff videos and stuff, I'm like, this is there's so many distractions with all these fans in the background. I, I like this better. It's just like you could like really lock into the game, you know. Well, when I saw TBT and I said, well, the, the, the league has they notepad and they taking notes. When I saw TBT, I said, OK. I know what the NBA is going to do. They're going to tweak a couple things. And then when they brought in the virtual fans, that kind of just took it over the top. So I agree. I agree 100%. Zach, great stuff. I'm going to let you get to this game right here. Um, you're always welcome back on the show. Please let the listeners know where they can find you on social media and everywhere else. And you know what? One of our phone calls, we'll get that on a pod soon. We just, you know what it is? <laughs> we, could, we just got to make calls on the Anchor app. Like, we should just that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Yo, you got uh, the Anchor app, so I'm going I'm to let you – Okay. You know, lead that. I don't. I don't have anchor, but yeah, I, I agree because again, yeah. people will be surprised. We'd be all over the place. Seventies, eighties, nineties. What yeah. about this guy? What about this style of play? Like, really, yeah. just kind of nerd stuff a little bit, to be yeah. honest with you. You know, yeah. but yeah. I enjoy our talks. But yeah. uh, I've been pro promoting the website. I I redid it, updated some stuff. So the website is www.theoftheglasspodcast.com. www.theoftheglasspodcast.com. So you have my link to my YouTube channel there. The link to the podcast is there. It's also available on all streaming platforms. And also my Patreon link is there. So if you want to support the pod, it costs you $5 a month to subscribe. Please do so. And then uh, Twitter is where I interact the most. You can find me there at Zach at The Off The Glass. And my Instagram is Zach The Off The Glass Podcast. So make sure to check it out. Make sure to follow me. Make sure to tweet at me. I definitely love great conversation. I definitely engage. And as always... Shout out to my man Combo for Combo's Court for having wow, me on, man. One of the best podcasters in the game, which is an even better person, Combo. I just want to tell you that on your show. Um, you embraced me right from the beginning. You've been in the game, bigger following, et cetera. But 
You embrace me. We talk like we've been knowing each other for years. So I just want to say thank you and I appreciate you, man. Anytime. I appreciate you as well. And you're always welcome back on the show. There it is. There it was. Episode 195 is in the books. Thank you to everyone who listens to Combo's Court across the globe. And big shouts to Zach for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Also, man, let me know how you feel about the show by dropping a comment right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Be on the lookout for episode 196. Combo out.